Good morning. I hope you are well. This is Mr. Phil of Metal Art Tutorials and Dyslexia Ottawa in Ottawa, Canada. This is my podcast, My Tutor, Mr. Phil. I'll be sharing ideas about living, learning, and teaching those with learning difficulties and learning differences. This is episode number 20, Epilepsy in the Classroom. Our students come to our classrooms with all sorts of medical issues. Some medical issues are minor in nature and some are severe in nature. Regardless of what they have and the severity of it, we as teachers have the responsibility to educate ourselves about the medical condition and how we can respond to a health issue that may happen in our classroom. One such condition is epilepsy. Epilepsy events, known as seizures, can be mild in nature and difficult to notice. According to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, epilepsy is a brain disorder that causes reoccurring seizures. Mount Sinai in New York describes a seizure as when the physical changes of behavior that occurs during an episode of abnormal electrical activity in the brain. That is all a seizure is, abnormal electrical activity in the brain. Epilepsy is treatable and is non-contagious. No one in our classroom or school is at risk of catching epilepsy from another student. It just won't happen. According to the SickKids Hospital in Toronto, Canada, there are generalized and partial seizures. Generalized seizures seem to begin in the whole brain at the same time. They include absent seizures in which the child briefly stares and does not hear or see what is happening around them, myoclonic seizures in which the child has twitches or jerks in all parts of the body, atonic seizures in which the child goes limp and falls. These can also be known as drop seizures. Tonic seizures in which the child goes stiff. Clonic seizures in which the child jerks rhythmically. And tonic-clonic seizures in which the child goes rigid, then convulses. That means shakes or jerks rhythmically. Partial seizures begin in only a part of the brain. They may remain there or become secondarily generalized. That is, they may spread out to involve the whole brain. These include simple partial seizures in which the child is still aware of what is happening around them. They may have motor, somatosensory, autotomic, or psychic symptoms. And complex partial seizures in which consciousness is impaired. This information helps us to understand that epilepsy is a complex medical condition that can't be ignored in our classrooms or schools. If we have an epileptic student in our classroom, we need to know about it and know what to do. We welcome all students into our classrooms without prejudice. A child welcomed into a classroom may present as having epilepsy. Upon learning that a student has epilepsy, one needs to know if it is controlled with medications or active with seizure activity. To help us know what to do and what rules to follow, 
the school board may have policies in place to follow when a student in our classroom has specific health conditions. Please find and follow your school board's policy for epilepsy. If one does not exist, please ask for one to be developed. In Ottawa, the public school board and the Catholic school board both have policies in place specifically dealing with epilepsy. These policies have been created to guide the teachers and support staff and provide specific guidelines to follow. If a student is at a private school, please ask the administration to provide the policy guidelines to the student's teachers, coaches, and assistants. Your child's doctors will help to provide all the information necessary to have in the plan of care. The plan of care is a set of guidelines specifically created for a specific student. The plan of care is essential to have created and updated with the most recent medical changes and protocols to follow for an individual's well-being while at school. All the necessary forms should be included in the school board's policy for epilepsy. The plan of care provides specific actions and protocols to follow for the individual for whom the plan of care was created. A student with medically controlled epilepsy must still be identified in the off chance that they may experience a seizure episode. The educators in the classroom must be aware of such a possibility so they do not miss it or misidentify it as a behavior issue. Knowing how to recognize a seizure event will help the educators protect the student from falls and injury during seizure activity. Learning more about epilepsy can be provided by Epilepsy Canada and your local chapter of this organization. Epilepsy Canada provides in-school and in-class education sessions so everyone understands how to help the student with epilepsy. This service is incredibly helpful and a valuable resource for everyone at the school. The John Hopkins School of Medicine offers the following guide to recognize some signs that may indicate seizure activity. Staring, jerking movements of the arms and legs, stiffening of the body, loss of consciousness, breathing problems or stopped breathing, loss of bowel or bladder control, falling suddenly for no apparent reason, especially when associated with loss of consciousness, not responding to noise or words for brief periods, appearing confused or in a haze or a daze, nodding the head rhythmically when associated with loss of awareness or loss of consciousness, periods of rapid eye blinking and staring. During a seizure, a student may be very aware of a seizure, or they may not be aware and will need help to recover. Some students may experience trauma during a seizure. This may include physical harm if they fall, drop, or crash into nearby objects. And mental health. After a seizure, a person may experience a multitude of reactions. Some of these reactions could include a sense of disorientation or unfamiliarity of surroundings. According to the Epilepsy Foundation of Australia, common post-seizure symptoms may include confusion, 
tiredness, headache, fear and anxiety, shame and embarrassment, thirst, nausea, and soreness of muscles. Some may experience frustration and need for comfort and nurturing, nausea and loss of bladder or bowel control, and a loss of consciousness. The recovery needs of each student is different. For the very young, it may include physical reassurance that they are well and safe. This may include holding the child in an embrace. It may involve spending extra time with them as they regain awareness of their surroundings. During this time, a pillow and blanket may provide them with comfort and security. They may also require a nap afterwards to help them recover and reboot themselves so they can return to the classroom feeling better. The symptoms after a seizure will be the result of the severity and type of seizure experienced. The more we as teachers know about epilepsy, the better we are able to help our students. Seizure activity can have a big impact on the student's mental health. Being aware of mood changes, depression, wanting to flee, need for nurturing, or other out-of-the-ordinary behaviors will help the classroom staff provide the proper support, comfort, and nurturing that the individual may require post-seizure in order to recover. School staff and the student's teachers must document any and all seizure activity to help all support staff know the impact of the seizure activity so the mental health of the student can be addressed and supported. This is part of the classroom safety protocol and the student's plan of care. Please keep a tracking sheet to record when a seizure occurred, type of seizure, length of seizure, and the possible injuries resulting from the seizure. This tracking sheet will be found in the school board's policy. Adding any additional notes about the incident will be very helpful to the family and the student's medical team. Teachers, coaches, and school staff must consider themselves as part of the student's care team, as these students are in the school's care most of the day. Teachers and educators must also understand that the frequency and severity of the seizure activity may impact the student's ability to follow, retain, and comprehend a lesson being taught. Some students may experience one or two seizures in a day, while others may experience one to several seizures in an hour. As a result, the student will need educational support and remedial help in order to follow the class curriculum. One should be prepared that the student may experience gaps in their learning that will need to be remediated. Some students may experience little to no loss, while other students may experience a significant loss of lesson content and instruction. Medication may also cause issues. Sometimes medications are changed and the effects on the person's body may also result in short-term and long-term absenteeism from school. We can assist the student and their family by having class learning material readily available for them either in printed form or electronically on the classroom's website. This will help the student continue to learn, review, and practice while being absent from the school. Mood, fatigue, ability to concentrate, and cognitive functions could be affected. As the teacher, 
we need to be prepared to address the behavior changes of an epileptic student. Our valuable observations can provide important information about the student's well-being. This will be part of the logbook that is part of the plan of care and the school board policies. Notes are shared with the family on a daily basis. The family or medical team can then clarify any questions for the teachers. Our role as educators is comprised of many responsibilities. We are not always taught some of these responsibilities during our time at teacher college. As we spend more time over the years as teachers, we learn that additional skills and knowledge must be acquired so we can provide a safe and nurturing environment for our students. Meeting the needs of our students with epilepsy is just one such requirement. As we learn what is necessary, we can share this knowledge with other educators so as a profession we can provide a proactive approach to teaching our students and helping them succeed at school. For further information, may I suggest the following resources. 1. Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, Canada. 2. Your local hospital. 3. Epilepsy Canada and your local chapter of Epilepsy Canada. 4. Epilepsy Foundation of Australia. 5. Your local epilepsy organization in your part of the world. And 6. Your local school board. This podcast has covered some key points and is not an in-depth guide about epilepsy in the classroom. That is the purpose of the local school board's policy and the student's plan of care. Thank you for listening. I hope this offers some help for your classroom and how to help a student with seizure activity. I will be back soon with a new My Tutor Mr. Phil podcast. See you soon. Bye.